I'm pretty sure at some point in the Ikea, I am going to take a turn into a place that is unfamiliar to me. There will be an old man there, and he'll ask if I can spare a crust of bread. And if I give him a crust of bread, he'll tell me to go dig underneath the couches. The oldest couch in the Ikea, and there I'll find a pot of gold. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mech. And this is the Gem Jam. We're doing an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, as well as the comic from IDW, because they are both truly outrageous. You may remember last time we did a comic episode, we promised you that we would actually be talking about the annual next. That um, has not happened because... Yeah, IDW scheduling is terrible. It's so bad. Yeah, apparently this is a habitual thing. But instead, we are bringing you Gem and the Holograms number seven, which is maybe even better than the annual, because instead of Gem Babies, it's our son, Tech Rat. And our other son, Eric Raymond. Eric Raymond's in this, you guys. Holy crud. I did not know that this issue had come out until like the day after. Everyone started talking about the Gem comic and I thought maybe they were talking about a preview or something, but no. The whole issue came out and I missed it. That is really unlike you, actually. Yeah, I'm usually on top of these things, although in my defense, I've been building a lot of Ikea furniture. That in September is just kind of a weird month, frankly, for the Gem comic. I mean, our cups runneth over with glam rock and glitter. Uh, this is actually starting a new storyline. Viral Part 1 is Issue 7's title. Viral is a two-part story, so this will take up Issue 7 and 8. Uh, after that, we'll have a one-issue one-off that's going to be a special episode about Rio, which is going to be weird and conflicting because I'm still not used to actually liking Rio. And then we'll be back on Issue 11 is when Sophie will come back. In the meantime, we have art in this issue and the next couple of issues by Emma Viacelli, who is definitely sort of adapted her style to work with Sophie's designs, but I gotta say, like, they really work in their own right. It wasn't jarring to switch from one to the other. I mean, it was still like visibly a different artist, but it works well enough in the general style of the book that it didn't feel like a huge departure. And there are points, too, that I really kind of appreciate the change in the style, just because it, it does kind of add something and it kind of lets you see different points on these characters that we've grown to love over the past six issues. I feel like Sophie is very good at sort of over-the-top expressions. I think Emma, I think what Emma's strength is, it reminds me a lot of like almost sort of a soap opera comic in the kind of detail of it. It reminds me of when Apartment 3G was like drawn well instead of this nightmare hellscape that's been going on over the past couple of months. But it's got that kind of detail in the facial features, a bit more subtlety in expressions that I think is really interesting for the sort of, that, that still contains the the colors by Roboto that are just so over the top. The, the fact that the color scheme is, is basically the same is really helping uh, the transition a little here. Yeah, I think the color schemes between the two groups is is really very apparent in this issue, which is very much, as we're going to see, a lot of this issue is setting up future plot lines. And in sort of these long scenes between the holograms doing stuff and then the misfits doing stuff, you can really see uh, the sort of color schemes that Roboto has set up between the very gentle pastels that are used for the holograms, uh, even like in dark colors like Aja's black shirt, sort of a charcoal-ish that works well with these pastels versus the misfits, which are all like very saturated, very bold colors. There isn't um, really much to see on the recap page aside from, oh, hey, Kimber and Stormer were kind of a thing. 
also pizzazz threatening stormer and then that bit where they just basically show up at the misfits concert and steal away their audience that's that's the previously page it's not super complicated it's oh hey the holograms and the misfits hate each other now and go so we open with uh, some of the more mundane parts, and this is actually an issue where we're going to see a lot of our characters in casual outfits, sans makeup. So this is sort of a behind-the-scenes thing, this issue. Yeah, and we start out with uh, Jerrica realizing that being a band manager kind of sucks. To put it lightly, she's got 500 emails. And she has to make a web page, she has to decide how they're going to record their new video. She has to decide a lot of stuff. Yeah, we sort of open with uh, with Jerrica stressing out over her computer with all the aforementioned things. And then Aja and Shayna just kind of eating cereal and being adorable. They just make cute banter. It's uh, about Aja possibly dating somebody. And she's being mysterious about it. They're all jokey-jokey adorable. Totally the mysteriousest. Guys, come on, are you going to help her just be hilarious and cute? <laughs> she's like, that feels like a trick question. Yeah, I mean, how are we supposed to not pick hilarious and cute? You're setting us up for a failure here. And then Jerrica just screams. <laughs> and that's when we find out that she has 600 emails. Aja takes one look and she shoves the computer back to Jerrica. Like, I don't even want this within a couple of feet of me. And Shane is trying to be sensible and is like, well, let's pick the most important thing and work on it. And then so Jerrica lists like six things and Shana points out that's six things. They can't all be number one. Because one of the big things that they need to do is they need to shoot a new video for their song more, more, more. Uh, because 5 by 5 Records, who is the uh, the Misfits group, their record label, and the runners of the contest, uh, as part of the contest, they own the video. Not the song, but the video. So they have to get a new one if they want to like distribute it on the interwebs. Right, which is definitely the important thing that you have to do with these sorts of things now. One of the characters, which is not Jerrica, surprisingly, it's Aja, points out, wait a minute, we have freaking holograms. Yeah, it turns out that Synergy can make websites. She's a supercomputer. Yeah, Synergy is so much more than just, like, a music computer now. She, uh, she's very much a true AI who has access to the internet and everything that means. And apparently that means I have purchased the six best possible websites available for Gem and the Holograms. I'm hoping one of those is teengoogle.com. Well, I mean, we don't know if Mibim Bam exists in this world, so the market might not be cornered yet on teengoogle.com. Third arc of this comic, protracted legal battle with Google. Synergy in buying a bunch of domain names all at once, uh, just like completely in love with her now. She's like, okay, well, we'll cross that off and I want credit for it on the list. That was amazing. Let's do this again. She's definitely agreed to uh, to actually give Synergy some design and content guidelines so uh, she doesn't end up on a post on uh, clientsfromhell.tumblr.com. Yeah, can you imagine Synergy just posting to that regularly? Oh my god, she totally would though. And then we point out that Kimber is still sort of sitting in her room and sighing. And the best part of this is like Synergy gets distracted because she's walking down to check on Kimber, who is sitting in her room and sighing. No, Synergy's not even getting distracted, though. She's just decided she has a higher priority here, and that's checking in on Kimber. While, uh, while Aja, like, ollies out because she is a friggin' date with Craig. Yeah, Synergy wanders on down the hall and notices that Kimber is still in her room crying, as she has been for a week. Stormer is still texting her, I think. Like, Jesus, Stormer, lay off. Some of them are in all caps, too. Kimber, please call me back. All caps. I'll be at the bookstore all day. She is really desperate to get back together with, with this girl and, oh. Babies. And so we actually have this scene that is something that we never had in the cartoon. This is a brand new relationship that we've never done before. This is... Synergy actually being a mom and actually having a conversation with Kimber. 
Yeah, she's like, she's laser mom helping Kimber through the breakup. It's adorable. And she has some really sensible advice. I also love that when Synergy sits on the bed, she's not actually sitting on the bed. She's sitting on the air, like a foot above the bed. Yeah, she's got some collision problems. With that, Synergy just sort of talks Kimber through her being miserable. She points out, like, you know, you don't actually know for sure. Maybe you should let Stormer explain herself at some point and talk to her. You should also talk to your sisters so they'll understand where you're coming from. And then we end on that page with, do you know you kind of look like my mom? Which is something we never got in the cartoon. We never, like, the one flashback episode points out that, like, Emma Benton based the appearance of Synergy on his wife, Jacqueline. But it doesn't even really look like her, if only because all of the characters have exactly the same face. Yeah, and they never really touch on it or how this might be weird for Jerrica or Kimber. It's just, it's you know, it's blown over in the way of the cartoon. It's very much a moment that should have come earlier was probably... I- <sighs> I don't remember if this was anywhere in Christy Marx's original plan, but it's very much in the show. It's very much a told instead of shown moment. We're actually, we're here seeing the shown parts of their mom's personality and a bit of her appearance and just the parts of her that are actually nurturing and interested in the hologram's lives rather than just being there to be a deus ex hologram. She's actually a character. I can't get over how much I love this. I know, I'm still trying to deal with how great this is. And and it's so cute, Kimber just sort of runs with it. She's just like, Once when I was homesick for a week, Mom stayed with me, just us. We watched dozens of episodes of Law & Order, a whole marathon. Maybe we could watch some episodes. Of course, Kimber. Now? Perhaps first you talk to your sisters? Oh yeah, everything is a disaster. It's cute, she wants to watch marathons with, with Synergy, that's adorable! Laser mom. But then we get this great cut from everything is a disaster with Kimber to the record executive saying absolute disaster. All right, this is the record executive. I want to say she was on the board of executives for the contest. Uh, I don't think we actually have a name for her. I like her earrings, though. Dude, like, I love everything about this lady. The red lady who has no tolerance for any of this. She is, she's got like this great red hair, red outfit. I think her stockings might actually have a slight red tint to them. Which, that's the great foil for the misfits. Is You need a great authority figure to bounce them off of. One who is not going to get it caught up in shenanigans like Eric Raymond does. Well, on our fault, your bollocks idea went pear-shaped. Yeah, so the Misfits versus competition, she says, was a complete disaster almost entirely because the Misfits were unprofessional. I.e. the Misfits. Yeah, which is interesting because this is sort of the opposite take that they that they had at the concert itself. And, and it's interesting to see that they are legally separating. You are not technically liable for anything, but you were totally unprofessional. In the cartoon, it's always implied that their unprofessional behavior has only led to success for them. So it's nice to see the fact that the misfits are the misfits actually leading to consequences here. That's true. Again, that's sort of the big theme of this comic. Consequences actually happen. This publicity has made the holograms look great. We've got magazines here. Unfortunately, uh, Music Biz is not on these lists. Oh, and Rambling Rock Magazine isn't here either. Yeah, or Cool Trash. Cool Trash would be my magazine of choice. We do see Music Blink. And Pizzazz is like, well, there's no such thing as bad PR, right? I really, really love that panel. I love her expression there. And it's such a line from the cartoon as well. There's no such thing as bad PR. And the executive's like, actually, there is. And then Pizzazz starts snapping. Do I look like I care what you think? And everybody's like, Pizzazz, please. Please stop, Pizzazz. Pizzazz, no. 
executively starts threatening to drop them and everybody's like, really pizzazz, calm down. Which is great. Again, the record label doesn't need the misfits. They're not their only band. They're not the company headliner. And she says, you know, here's the consequence. From here on out, you're going to be managed. We get a close-up of Pizzazz's eyes with the little red circles. You can hear the shriek building in the back of her throat. And then we meet our manager. Eric Raymond! <laughs> I let out a noise as I saw this page. Uh, and Nick said, are you okay? Is there a ladybug? And I said, no, it's Eric Raymond. He's got glasses. He's got evil anime glasses. Eric Raymond is a Megane. Eric Raymond is our Megane character. He's got the glasses. He probably pushes them off the bridge of his nose with his two first fingers. So they like do that sheen over the glasses. He's got a tie clip. He's wearing a vest underneath his suit jacket. I can see it. He's dressed to the nines. He's even got like the little curly hair in the front that kind of looks like devil horns. I'm excited here. I'm really excited about everything that is going to happen with this character. I'm so happy. Basically, they must have known that we could only handle one panel of Eric Raymond because we immediately switch back to to the holograms. Where Jerrica accidentally falls asleep on a sticky note that says, get it done, and it's stuck to her forehead. I'm still not sure if she's fallen asleep or if she's just completely given up on everything. Oh, and they find Rio's article about the misfits. Where he actually praises the misfits because... They're a good band. Led by powerhouse frontwoman Phyllis Gabor, better known as Pizzazz, a true stage presence, the Misfits offer a complex sound worthy of their... And this actually sounds a lot like the write-up Lindsay gave them in the cartoon. I think that was I think that was for the Venice episode? Driving beats and no-nonsense lyrics. Add so on. So while they're finding this, of course, they're preoccupied with that. Uh, Kimber walks up, asks a question. It's like, Jer, just a minute, Kimber, and then completely ignores her. So Kimber just sort of slumps off and Synergy watches her go and looks really sad about it. And then Jerrica's like, better disappear, Synergy. and Because the doorbell is rung. And there's still kind of a sad look in Synergy's face as she goes, of course, Jerrica, goodbye, and, and kind of goes away. Oh, Synergy has her own thoughts and feelings. She's like the EMH. She doesn't like being summarily dismissed. Anyway, Rio's at the door. Rio's at the door and Jerrica is upset with him. Yeah, and it's just like, look, we don't actually know that they did anything. And also, they are a good band. They're actually a legitimately good band. And I was supposed to review them based on that. I have a job to do. And I did my job well. My job isn't to pander to my girlfriend who doesn't like them. And Jerrica's like, even if they're homicidal maniacs? Rhea's like, I, I don't think that's who they are. So, maybe possess. Then we've got even worse news. Rio's supposed to do a feature piece on Jem, get to the woman behind the performer. And Jerrica freaks out. Yeah, she responds with three exclamation marks. Yeah, she's not happy. We've got these beautifully wide eyes with the tiny irises and pupils too. And then we go to Shayna being cute. This is kind of what we were talking about with setting up for future storylines. But she's submitting for an internship. In Milan, which I get the feeling this is going to set up the plot line where they bring in Rhea as replacement drummer temporarily. Which is actually probably likely because both Thompson and um, and Campbell have talked about how uh, they had originally planned to bring in Rhea in the second big storyline, but things got pushed around. 
So it's likely this is setting up for that storyline to come sooner rather than later. But I, I think all of us who have ever applied for something like this have, have had the same reaction as the, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Oh God, I don't know, I don't know. Oh God, <laughs> hitting the button. And then she's got this wonderful face in the last panel is just like a blank face with two tiny little dots for eyes. And she's just like, oh God. Oh man, that's like me with every job application for something I really want. A fashion internship in Milan. And it's also nice because this means immediately that in theory, if she got this, it would probably be a summer internship that would take place over like three months, which means they definitely would need a replacement in the meantime. And she'll come back and they'll figure it out from there. Instead of just a, Shane is going away forever. After that, we switch back to the misfits and their Megane manager. Executive lady leaves because she has a meeting and she's like, don't break anything. And slams the door shut. Pizzazz actually sticks her tongue out at her. Oh yeah, she's just like... <laughs> very mature pizzazz. And then the best thing happens. And the best thing happens! Eric is basically... He, he does one of the many Megane things he, he's hopefully going to do over the course of this comic. I thought she'd never leave. Eric immediately turns evil. I have every intention of making you into the band you deserve to be, and that does include repairing your image, but part of ensuring you, you the place you deserve is taking down Jim and the holograms. Half his face is in shadow. Half of his face is in shadows. His glasses are kind of gleaming on the side that's in light. He's got one of those <laughs> smirks on his face. He's, he's a lot prettier than cartoon Eric. He's very much like the Megane uncle character that you can romance in your, in your reverse harem date sim. I'd romance Eric Raymond. Possess is like, Eric, you're hired. Like, immediately. Immediately. Taking down Jim and the holograms. Oh, it turns out you're evil. You're hired. <laughs> I love it so much. I love this so much. It's so melodramatic. It's so wonderful. I'm so glad that we are bringing in more melodrama into this. I like how we can never have more than one page of Eric before it has to go away. <laughs> we can't handle more than one page of Eric at a time. We can't. So then we switch to where Aja is. She is on her data with Craig. You guys may remember Craig from, uh, I believe that was issue five. He is the blue haired punk. He is also, and we don't know this yet technically, he is secretly Stormer's brother. And they're out on a cute motorcycle date. Yeah, they're on a friggin' motocross date. They're ready for the apocalypse. They will ride eternal, shiny, and chrome. I feel like we've managed to say that like three or four times over the course of this podcast. And I don't think it's old yet. Aja would make a great Vuvalini. She really would. I'm, I'm seeing her as like the Valkyrie with the raven shoulder pads and everything. If any artists are listening, draw that. I want to go eat piles of seafood. Yeah, they're apparently doing a motocross and seafood date. Which sounds honestly pretty gross, but it's also like, oh yeah, I've been craving clam chowder since we passed it on the way up here. Well, it's gross depending on what order you do them in. You probably want to do the motorcycles and then the seafood, not the other way around. Aja also says that she's planning on being buried in a bread bowl. And then we get an adorable little kiss. We also see Craig's like lightning bolt tattoo, which should be our first clue that he's actually related to Stormer. Right, because this is a world where we're not totally sure in this reality whether or not all hair color is natural as it is in the cartoon. We have to wait till we see someone's awful periwinkle stubble. With one Philip sibling taken care of, we switch to the other one with what I think is maybe my favorite page in the issue. It's Stormer writing a song about Kimber. It's this super cool thing where it's just Stormer writing a song in the coffee house. It's a couple of panels over like a whole page that is notebook paper with doodles. Uh, it's all written in, in her own handwriting. There's words that are scratched out or ones that are circled, inserted. It's her actually writing a song and it's really, really cute. And I think it's really fun. It's a great page. 
And of course, being the habitual doodler, she has done the right thing and she has drawn a single eye on there that is going to be better than anything that she ever tries to draw on purpose. And then she calls somebody, presumably Craig. We don't technically know that they're related, so this is still a mystery person, but the context is it's totally Craig. She's basically just talking to someone she trusts about this whole thing with Kimber. And she's just really distraught. Like, I, I don't know what to do here. I mean, she hasn't really texted me back. I don't know. I'm really upset. Call me when you can. Bye. Babies! Our babies. And speaking of babies. Speaking of babies! <laughs> next page we've got both eric raymond and our precious tech rat our little son our son his first word in the entire comic is ugh it's perfect we can probably assume by how completely stark this this apartment is uh it's all in white with some black accents and some grays there we can probably assume that this is tech rat's apartment because it's weird what do you want eric yeah eric is in Techrat's apartment at a desk? Like, do you think they're roomies or does he just have a key to Techrat's apartment? I hope they're roomies. That would be a great sitcom, my roommate Techrat. I'm an evil corporate villain and my roommate's a tech guy. Yeah, Techrat has apparently come back from getting groceries because he's got this little bag that just says shop on it. Yeah, and he's got he's like this like ripped shirt with mesh underneath it. He he went to the grocery store like that. This is like a harness shirt. I also want to point out in the first panel that Eric Raymond does have the super reflective glasses thing going on. He does. We he is our Megane. We have only a couple of lines here, so why don't we actually like read these out? What do you want, Eric? I've got work for you. Not interested. You're boring. I promise this is interesting. You have 12 seconds. I only need two. Have you heard of Jim and the Holograms? I'm listening. I need you to hack them, and I need to know everything about them. Okay, okay, okay. How great is the phrase, I need you to hack Jim and the Holograms? Hack it. Hack that band. I want to believe that Eric Raymond doesn't actually know what the frick he's talking about. He just knows hack is a word for kind of what Techrat does. So he's just like, hack them. <laughs> Techrat's like, okay, whatever, man. He can barely manage his little tablet there. With him tapping it like that, he'll probably end up like screwing something up. And after this like line, he spent the next five minutes trying to work out how to get the screen back the way he wanted it before Techrat just took it out of his hands and fixed it. Oh my God, he totally would. He's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. What? Why did, why did suddenly zoom in? I don't understand. And Techrat's like, oh my god, just give it to me, please. My tablet! Oh no! I also do want to point out that this two-page scene of Techrat's apartment is... I love Roboto's colors in here. I love the stark white and gray and black scale. I love the tones in here against Techrat's, like, bright red shirt and orange pants. It's such a good contrast. It looks so good. Yeah, it really puts the focus on him. I love them together. Look at them. They're such nerds. Look at these nerds. So that's actually our uh, that's actually our issue. We've got a lot of letters in the holograms column because of how quickly these came out. These are all uh, dealing with issue five at the latest, but uh, but we've got some good stuff in here. Nothing really stands out, but everybody's really nice. Everybody is still very positive about about the comic, which is really nice. Clash's nose got another fan letter. We'll see you next time for Gem of the Holograms Annual Number One. You can find the Gem Jam every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. If you like what we do, check out our Patreon. Uh, drop a couple of bucks would be super cool of you. 
Uh, we've recently hit our stretch goal for our bonus podcast, I Will Fight You. We've decided our first episode will be about Swan Princess, but uh, we are very excited about our bonus podcast. We'll be updating with further stretch goals soon-ish. We've also reached our Patreon goal for the episode transcripts. Those will be going up shortly, hopefully on a basis of one a week. So until next time, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam. Brawls fair in love and outrageousness.